welcome to That Tennessee Feeling. I hope you guys have had a great start to 2023. I just want to thank thanks for listening to the first few episodes and coming back for more. I have a fun topic for you guys today, but first I want to tell you that you can find That Tennessee Feeling on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Although, side note, Facebook's been a little iffy lately, so I'm sorry if it's not as, like, there's not a lot of post. That's on me, but we're working on it. I do like to get to know you guys as my listeners and fellow Tennesseans. Uh, I will be posting some fun polls and questions on the Instagram, so keep a lookout for those. You can always email me at thattennesseefeeling at gmail.com. You can give me suggestions, comments, if you just want to say hi, if you want to tell me about your part of the state. Like you guys were telling me what where it got more snow than others, and then it dumped like way more than it was supposed to on East Tennessee. That's been fun, right? No. Um... But if you do have a second, I really would appreciate it if you go to the podcast page for the Apple on, on Apple or Spotify and review it, rate it. It kind of helps to get the podcast out so more people can hear about us. Today's topic, it's kind of a fun topic. It's an interesting topic and I know a lot of people have probably heard of it but don't know the background on it. So do you like being outdoors? Do you like going fishing and hunting? What about just sitting there and taking it in? I do. And the one place that's perfect for all that is Real Foot Lake. Now, I'm sure we've all heard about Real Foot Lake. It's actually a really beautiful lake in West Tennessee, and it's actually a shallow natural lake. It's one of the few natural lakes in Tennessee. The lake is more, it's, it's, it's a lake, but it's more like a swamp because it has ditches and canals that connect it to other bodies of water called basins, and it's got a unique shape due to how it was formed. So let's talk about how Real Foot Lake was formed. So Real Foot, Make is, Real Foot Lake is not man-made. It was actually made during the 1811 and 1812 New Madrid earthquakes. The earthquakes are centered around New Madrid, Missouri, hence the name. The earthquakes actually resulted in several changes to the region, and the shocks were felt as far away as Quebec. The earthquakes were a series of quakes that registered 7.2 to 8.2 on the scale and an aftershock of 7.4. That's massive. And that aftershock actually happened on December 16th, 1811. The area had another earthquake in February of 1812 at the same magnitude. So you're talking about a massive series of earthquakes in this area. Now the New Madrid earthquake were actually the most powerful earthquakes to hit on this side of the U.S. east of the Rockies even to this day. So this is still something that's held a lot of, of historical value and it's also shaped the region for what we know it as today. The area was obviously changed by more than just creating a lake. Um, and the reason we do know that the lake was created from these series of earthquakes is because of a land survey that was done in the area in 1785. It actually identified the existing waterway as Real Foot River. And the river was identified as a river that flowed into the Missouri River until the earthquakes. And the river was described in 1797 as 30 feet wide and slow moving. The lake was actually discovered after witnesses to the earthquake realized that there was not a river anymore. In fact, there was just a large body of water in its place with shallow spots. The witness described the large lake as 100 miles in length, 1 to 6 miles in in width. Lord, I just made up a new word, y'all. 1 to 6 miles in width and a depth of 10 to 30 feet. The lake is fed at both ends by rivers. So it's actually kind of a consistently moving lake. It's really interesting. Now, the original accounts of the lake were thought to be exaggerations due to the excitement of the earthquake. There's just been a massive earthquake. There's no way there's this big lake sitting out there. But there was. The lake was accepted, and it was put onto maps in the area. The new lake was actually first called Lime Lake or Wood Lake. 
The reason it was Lion Lake was because the name comes from a boundary between the states because it is on the Kentucky border. And by 1834, the Real Foot River had been identified as North Fork of the Obion River, and the regional body of water called Wood Lake was located on the northern line of Obion County and extended south as a marshy swamp area. The lake took over those existing streams and creeks when it was formed. So when the earthquake happened, it formed, it actually kind of like combined a bunch of small waterways and rivers into what is now Real Foot Lake. Now, the area that the lake was formed in has seen human presence since before 1650. The site around the lake has artifacts from Native Americans and European artifacts from when they were exploring. The Real Foot River Basin is thought to be the location of the, and I am going to mispronounce this so bad, Monsupelia Settlement when Jacques Marquette was exploring the Mississippi River in 1673. Side note, I have no idea how it's so much easier for me to say French and Spanish and can't pronounce half these words. So as they looked in this area, they also found artifacts and accounts from exploration that talks about a small village. And the name Real Foot supposedly comes from the leader of that village. So that's how we kind of get the name. Although Real Foot does have some legends surrounding it. So I'm going to tell you the legends because nobody's really for sure who or what Real Foot was. Now, one such legend goes that Real Foot River was named from an Indian chief who had a deformed foot and was nicknamed Real Foot by the settlers in the early 19th century. Now, that's one legend. The other legend is actually a non-Chickasaw legend that states that he was the prince of a Chickasaw tribe that was inhabiting what is present West Tennessee. The prince was formed with a deformed foot. Formed. He was born, good lord, I guess it's the same thing. He was born with a deformed foot that caused him to walk with a rolling motion. So he was named Colopin, or Real Foot. The prince eventually became chief, and he was determined to marry a Choctaw princess. But after the princess's father wouldn't allow the marriage, what do you think he did? He wasn't going to give up. The Great Spirit even warned Real Foot that if he attempted to kidnap the woman, he and his village would be destroyed. So what did he do? He kidnapped her anyways. He didn't listen to the Great Spirit. He completely disobeyed it. He took the woman back to Chickasaw Territory and arranged a marriage ceremony. The ceremony started, but in the middle of it, the Great Spirit was upset seeing that Real Foot hadn't listened and stamped his foot in anger, which caused the earth to quake. The earthquake, which caused the father of the waters to raise the Mississippi River over its banks and therefore flooding Real Foot's homeland. The water overflowed into the footprint left by the Great Spirit, and a beautiful lake was formed. Under this lake lies Real Foot, his bride, his lands, and his people. Now, of course, we don't really know where the name comes from today, but today we have a beautiful lake that just adds to, to the natural beauty of Tennessee. Real Foot Lake currently covers about 15,000 acres with a max depth of 18 feet, but average depth of 5.5 feet, so it's really shallow and swampy. I mean, of course, don't go walking through it. Who knows what you're going to step in or fall through. The lake is the only large natural lake in Tennessee. Okay, I was my, my bad. I thought it was one of you. It is actually the only, the only natural lake in Tennessee, and it's located in Lake County, Tennessee. Hence, the county got its name from the lake. The lake is full of plants and fish and other wildlife, and it's the only commercial fishery for cra crappy. Crappy? Okay, nobody says crappy. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, crappy. Somebody's out there probably yelling at me like, that's not how you say it. That's not what it is. Okay, I don't know. It's a type of fish. And they were the only local commercial fishery until 2003, 
And they actually served this fish at the restaurants around the lake, like it was their specialty. Now, the waters in the lake have been regulated by a spillway to keep the lake at safe levels. The spillway was initially controversial when they built it in the 1930s. Um, people were mad. They didn't want this in their area. They didn't want people taking up more of the land around the lake. They actually went as far as to try and blow it up. Obviously, they did not succeed. The eventual, they eventually replaced this bowway with a new one in 2013 that helps to regulate water levels, and that also helps to keep the health of the lake and species in good conditions. I know that some lakes that don't have spillways, it gets stagnant. Um, they don't keep the fish, or the fish don't live like they should, or the plants don't grow. And so they're doing this to kind of keep that area beautiful and healthy. So that's kind of cool. Now, the town of Sandberg calls the lake shores its home, and it's the only town on the shores of the lake. The town sits on the Obion County side of the lake, and it's about home to 200 people. Unfortunately, Sandberg's had a rough go lately. Uh, this is one of the towns that was decimated by the December tornadoes back in 2021, and they are currently rebuilding. I know a lot of people in that area are still rebuilding. Now, Rearfoot Lake is actually a Tennessee state park, and it's a popular one. It's popular for boating, fishing, and hunting. I know that my family used to go up there for duck hunting, and I've actually been up there, and it's really a beautiful place to go. Um, you can rent kayaks and canoes. You can paddle around the lake. You can take in the scenery and the wildlife. You can sit on the edge and just take it all in. It's a really beautiful place. There is some cool tours that they do offer of the lake throughout the year. You can take a deep swamp canoe tour in March or April, or a scenic pontoon boat from May through September, which kind of sounds fun. So the next time I am in West Tennessee, I kind of plan on doing that pontoon boat. That sounds really fun. They also have a cool lily pad tour in July, and it allows you to canoe through the lily pads and around the cypress trees to see the natural plants in the lake. Of course, the lake is known for its bald cypress trees, and that actually kind of brings in bald eagles. Um, so they do offer an eagle tour, in January and February, and it's actually a bus or a van tour, depending on the people, and a park naturalist will tell you about the waterfowl and the bald eagles that reside on the lake. I think that's a really cool thing that they offer. They also offer a fun pelican tour in October that goes with the Pelican Festival, so if you're in Tennessee and pelicans are absolutely your thing, you need to check out this pelican tour. It sounds kind of fun, and you can find all about these tours and tickets and stuff on the Tennessee Parks website. Now, like I said, the area is known for its nature and wildlife, so camping is absolutely an option at this state park. They have campsites or cabins at the lake. The cabins can be reserved from the park website. Uh, they do kind of uh, get reserved fast, so you might want to go ASAP. They do have premium cabins, which allows you every minor convenience while overlooking the shores of the lake. Full bathrooms, kitchens, heat, air, fireplaces, and grills to enjoy. Um, the cabins all have lakeside views, so you just kind of have to pick which part of the lake you want to look at. Now, if that's not your thing, you can also camp out at the lake. They do have campgrounds. Uh, one campground is at the south end of the lake, and they have 86 RV and tent campsites that are paved. The site also has two bathhouses with restroom showers, and there is a washer and dryer and a dishwashing area in one of them. You can also check out campsites on the north end of the lake with 14 hookup sites, and they have the primitive camping sites. So, it's more, it's like, if you want to just take a tent and pitch it, this is the place you want to go. The park does have a gift shop and camp store if you forget something or if you just want to find that special souvenir to remind you of the lake. The park also has pavilions that you can reserve for family gatherings, birthdays, or events. 
They have five pavilions that have tables, grills, and restrooms. The pavilions can hold between 40 and 90 people. They're all lakeside views, so that's another perfect spot if you're looking for a fun family adventure. The lake and state park really have everything to make the trip to Real Foot Lake the perfect day trip, weekend trip, or even a full vacation. Um, but I'm, I'm not sure that if I was staying there overnight, I would venture too far at dark. Real Foot Lake is kind of associated with some dark legends, because I'm not, it, it seems like a lot of the people that actually, like, were around Real Foot Lake never actually left. Now, Real Foot Lake has had people settle around it, you know, since it was a river. And then when the lake was formed, people came, and they lived off the land, or they fished and hunt, and that's how they used to make their living. Landowners always retained the title to the land, but locals would always come around and use it. It was kind of like a well-known, like, hey, you live nearby, just come fish. And so it kind of was how everybody made their living. And in the early 20th century, outsiders began to try to take control of the lake and the land around it. A group of investors bought up most of the land around the shoreline and organized the West Tennessee Land Company. In 1908, the Real Foot area was marked by widespread lawlessness in western Kentucky and Tennessee as white farmers and residents organized as the Night Riders to resist the West Tennessee Land Company because they brought the lake and surrounding lands. So, these people were mad. These, they had bought the lake. They had bought the lands. They weren't going to let them use it. They were going to do, you know, just they were taking their livelihood from them. The people were also reacting to the expansion of large-scale cotton production into the area and that had also been small farms. So these people's way of life was really changing and it was really upsetting them. And they were upset because the landowners had purchased the entire shoreline around the lake and they were enforcing their rights that didn't let anybody fish. A lot of the night riders were actually people whose families had been there for generations and made their living from fishing. So they were very upset. And they were actually joined by their friends and supporters because they were going to fight back. They didn't want this done to them. They actually expanded their reach of violence and used other social tensions in the area to attack and threaten black individuals and their families. A mob of 50 masked mask night riders lynched all seven members of the David Walker family on the night of October 3rd, 1908 in Kentucky. Now, the violence in Tennessee was, no le- it was, was just as bad. It was no less worse. The violence in Tennessee actually culminated on October 19th, 1908, with the kidnapping of two white attorneys that were actually working for the West Tennessee Land Company to enforce their claims. Captain Quentin Rankin, also a shareholder in the company, was lynched after being hanged and shot. Colonel R.Z. Taylor got away and was wounded. He escaped by swimming through the lake in the dark. Bet you he's glad there's no gators out there. Now, the the governor of Tennessee heard about all this, and he directed an investigation into Rankin's murder and ordered the state militia to suppress the violence in the area. And they arrested hundreds of suspects. Six men were ultimately convicted in the murder, and the governor eventually declared that the law was public domain. He understood that this was a problem, and he needed to take care of it. So, the legislature actually authorized the acquisition of the lake in 1909. And the state finally acquired all the land around the lake and the lake after building levees from 1917 to 1920. This was to maintain the water level so that there were no disputes over low water level properties. So that when the water got too low, somebody couldn't claim that that was their land. The Tennessee State Park and Forestry Commission were ordered to determine the precise boundaries and were given the responsibility over it as a state park to guarantee public use so that there wasn't any kind of violence like that ever again. And people have made claims that on some nights you can hear people talking or screaming. You can hear drum beats. 
And these all happen on the shores of the lake. So, could the land really be cursed by the Great Spirit? Could the Night Riders still be out looking for vengeance? Or is it just a roaming pack of coyotes and you're in the wrong place at the wrong time? Who knows? But what I do know is, is that Real Foot Lake is a beautiful place, and this is one place in Tennessee that you definitely need to add to your must-see list. I would definitely recommend it in the spring and summer, even in the fall. The leaves around it are still pretty. And it's just one of those places that you definitely need to go. You, you can take in this. It's a quiet spot. It's a fun spot. There's kind of something for everyone. And it's a really interesting spot in Tennessee history. I hope you guys enjoyed learning about that. And thank you to everybody who listened and reviewed, followed, subscribed, interacted with all the social media pages, and really have just supported this podcast. I can't say enough thank you and that you guys are amazing. I hope that everybody stays warm or dry, especially as the weather is doing its Tennessee thing and has no clue what it's actually doing. Have a great week, y'all. And remember, stay country.